Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. In this week's study, we have an excellent psalm that teaches us about worshiping God, some of the foundational reasons why we should give Him thanks, that we should praise Him and exalt His holy name. So with that said, take out your Bible and look with me to Psalm 98, the book of Psalms, and Psalm 98. Now, normally when we speak of this book of Psalms in Hebrew, we call it Sefer Tehillim, a book of praises. But the foundational word for Psalm in the Bible, and we encounter it frequently in the book of Psalms, is the term Mizmor. Now, I've mentioned this in the past, but I want to review because this word mizmor, which means psalm, is derived from a word that has to do with singing to God. Some will say it's related to praising God, but here's the interesting thing. This word mizmor, when we look at it, it is derived from a verb, which means to cut away. We know that this word, for example, is used for a special instrument or vessel in which you prune a tree, you, you cut off those things that are not producing. And the message is this, when we praise God and worship Him, giving thanks to Him, exalting His name, it's going to have a purifying influence in our life. Worship helps us to separate ourselves from those things that are not productive in serving God and living a praiseworthy life. And again, this psalm is foundational in why we should worship God, how we should worship God, and some of the benefits from when we do worship God. So let's begin Psalm 98 in verse 1, the first word, mizmor, which is psalm, and it's a, a song of praise. It is acknowledging him by singing unto him. So a psalm, and then the next phrase, sing unto the Lord a new song. Many times I mention that this word for new is kingdom-related. We speak about a new covenant, a kingdom covenant. We talk about the New Jerusalem, that final expression of the kingdom of God. And in that New Jerusalem, John says in the book of Revelation, behold, everything is new, and that means different. We cannot understand the New Jerusalem, that final expression of the kingdom of God, from anything that's based upon this current world. Things are going to be different. And we're going to see some of the characteristics of the kingdom where it says, sing to the Lord a new song. And what's the next phrase? Well, we have the term for niflaot. Niflaot is in the plural. It speaks about that which is marvelous 
or that which is wondrous it speaks about the lord doing marvelous and wonderful things and this word is related to a kingdom connection it speaks about a characteristic which is going to be common foundational for the kingdom of god so we read for marvelous things or wonderful things he has done so god has done these wonderful things which all have a kingdom connection then it says his right hand has saved for him meaning this his right hand has done the work of salvation for him now this is not to bring salvation to him but to make salvation for you and me and then notice what it says as we continue on in this this verse verse one at the end where it says u zaroa kodsho zaroa is the arm many times for example in the book of isaiah it speaks about the arm of the lord and the word zaroa comes from a hebrew word where we can get offspring it's an extension it is rooted in the concept of a seed but here it's speaking about a sacrificial aspect that is is related to this arm of the lord and we also see the term holy his holy arm meaning he is going to bring about salvation for god not to save god god is perfect but to do the work of salvation that god wants done and notice holy is related to the purposes of god so this one and it's messianic zeroah is also the same word on the passover plate for the the lamb oftentimes we put a bone a shank bone in in calling us to remember the lamb that was provided well we call that the zeroah the arm it has to do with the redemptive aspect of the work of messiah giving of himself and fulfilling the purpose of god which is to bring salvation into this world so a very rich verse then it says look now to verse 2 the lord he has made known his salvation now for the most part when i translate i try to be faithful to the tense of the verbs and here it says just this the lord has made known his salvation to the eyes of the nations he has revealed his righteousness now let's remember that this is hebrew poetry hebrew poetry what it's it's what is its main characteristic parallelism so ask yourself what is parallel in this passage to his salvation well the answer is just one thing grammatically it's marked so there's no debate about this this is not interpretation the laws of hebrew grammar and hebrew poetry demands this answer so what is parallel to his salvation is his righteousness now what can we learn from that well when one is saved when he experiences the salvation of the lord through messiah yeshua he is going to be concerned and committed to righteousness this is the takeaway from from this passage from this verse so look again the lord makes known his salvation 
And then we have in this same verse, before or to the eyes of the nation, he revealed. Now, what's parallel to making known? Well, making known is this revealing. He has revealed his righteousness. Verse 3. He has remembered his grace and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. And all of this should be an encouragement to us. God remembers. Remember when I said that this word liskor, or in this case, zahar, is a a covenant-related word. So God remembers. What does God remember? He remembers his covenantal promises. And the encouragement is this. If God is going to remember all of those promises that he made by means of covenant to Israel, he will also be just as mindful to his new covenant people that he is going to fulfill all of those covenantal promises to us. Another reason for worshiping him, praising him. So he has remembered his grace and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. Because God is is faithful, what does he provide? Again, there's not a debate here. The answer by Hebrew poetic law is he provides his grace. His grace brings about salvation. We see this inherent relationship in this this verse. And then press on in the second part of verse 3. All the ends of the earth they have seen. What have they seen? The salvation of our God. So God has made salvation available to who? Well, what's the first part? To all the ends of the earth. So God's invitation for salvation is a broad one. He offers it just to Israel? No, not based upon this scripture and many others. He makes known of it first to Israel, but for the purpose of all the ends of the earth, a very broad and inclusive term. Verse 4, shout unto the Lord all the earth. Now, this word for shouting is a a term of, of recognizing with joy a biblical truth, responding to the presence of God or his promises. So shout, shout to the Lord all the earth Burst forth, so what's parallel with shout? This bursting forth. Burst forth and there's a different word for shouting, a shout of joy, and it says also praise. Now this word for praise is that same root that we talked about earlier that has to do with singing, praising, but it's related to the word for cutting away, getting rid of, separating. And we know something. If you were to ask, based upon the biblical text, what does worship do for me? Well, remember, the temple, the the purchasing of a threshing full, full floor was part of what the, the had to be done for the temple to be built. So why on a threshing floor? The answer is simple. What's done on a fleshing, threshing floor? the separation from the chaff and the kernel, that grain. So one thing has to be done away with, set forth, separated, so that the good thing 
can be found and experienced and it's the same thing worshiping god has a sanctifying influence in our life it causes those things that we need to separate from get away from that part of our life worship brings about a change in our life which gives us the power to say no to those things that are displeasing and in conflict with living a worshipful life and that's why he says here break break forth shout and sing and then look at verse 5 where he says sing unto the lord and to do so with a violin with a violin and with the sound of singing and again it's that same word now here's what's important if i was teaching this to a class of of theologians and and seminary students and such i would say notice how this word repeats over and over it's the first word in the psalm mismore but it also appears several times this repetition is for the purposes of emphasis so it's emphasizing this singing this praising of god but it uses a word there's many other words that could have been chosen but it emphasizes this world world word excuse me it emphasizes this word which speaks about rendering ourselves free from being separated trimming away cutting away something that usually is that which is not effective that that stifles production so you get rid of it so that production can be be made so he says again verse 5 the same word sing but it's the same word we talked about sing to the lord with a violin and and with a violin the sound of and this is that same word again this word in this context context zimra or this construction so over and over we see it we see it in verse one and then we see it again later on in the scripture uh at least three four times in this passage of scripture now verse six this is with trumpets and this word has to do with like these silver trumpets that we read about in numbers chapter 10 and not to be confused with the next part because it says with the trumpets and it speaks about the silver trumpets and the sound of the shofar this is a different trumpet this is the ram's horn so both are being used for worship and then it says again shout shout before the lord or literally shout before the the king lord hamalek is the king and we have that term hashem or adonai for the lord now notice what it's saying here is worship doing it before him why well this type of worship and here's the message for us this type of worship brings us into god's presence we want and here's what it comes down to we want these things to be rid we want to be rid of them we want to be separated from them why because they hinder us from being in the presence of god that's the message of this passage i need to worship god and i need to do it in the proper way we're learning that in this psalm in order that these things in my life that hinder worship hinder me from experiencing god they can be done away with i can have deliverance i can be set free of these things so that i can worship god properly 
this is the emphasis in this psalm so again look at verse verse 6 with trumpets and the sound of the shofar that ram's horn shout before the king lord that's literally what it says the king lord verse 7 the sea will rage now this word for raging it's not a word of anger it's the same word that thunder is is derived from so we're talking about the sea raging in a sense of making a loud noise and notice not just the sea but it also says and its fullness so the sea and its fullness is going to make that thunderous sound and then it says here the world and the inhabitants of it so it's speaking about a very loud what does thunder do thunder will captures someone's attention and the point here is this when we are worshiping god worshiping is a testimony it is going to when it's done properly it is going to to be witnessed by others it is going to be something that brings about a change in your life and my life that others are going to take notice of and that's why it speaks about here the tevil that is the world and the inhabitants of it they are going to the implication is be aware of this verse 8 the rivers what do the rivers do they clap the hand and together with the mountains they shout so we see the rivers and the mountains all together they are going to shout and they are going to clap hand verse 9 the last verse why are they doing that well here's the important part this last verse of psalm 98 is most significant because it's telling us you need to worship why do you need to worship because there's things in your life and i can make it personal to me there's things in my life that are hindering spiritual growth spiritual maturity hindering me from experiencing the presence of god that anointing of the holy spirit in my life this is what we need to glean from psalm 98 and why do we need to take action now today and in rendering ourselves free of these things by worship god does it but it's when we choose to worship him properly that he's going to go to work in our life and worship and here's the primary message worship is going to have an edifying effect in our life i would write that down be committed to it understand that this is the message of psalm 98 worshiping god properly is going to edify that means build me up spiritually so that i'm ready for what well he's going to tell us last verse where it says before the lord this emphasis on the presence of god coming before him but notice what it says for he's coming to judge the earth and we want to be ready for that judgment in fact we want to be so ready and in that new covenant when that time comes what's going to happen well he is going to before the judgment comes he is going to remove us he is going to take us away earlier today i was recording a radio show with ronnie houlihan and tom levine 
and we were talking from Hebrews chapter 11 and the faithful ones that are mentioned there and we came across who is called Hanok. You may know him better as Enoch but his Hebrew name is Hanok and it speaks about one being dedicated. Now dedication involves getting things ready. See, sometimes we think, well, I'm just going to dedicate something. I'm giving it. Well, dedication only takes place biblically when things are all ready. That is everything that has been prepared. So Hanok, this individual, he was dedicated to the Lord and he walked with the Lord. That's that presence, being in God's presence. And he was pleasing to God because God took him. And this taking, how do you say taking in Hebrew? Lekecha. Lekecha, taking, is one of the terms for the rapture in Hebrew. So we have the tikva ha ma'asheret, the blessed hope, but the most common way to say it is lekecha, which is the taking. And the message is this. We want to present ourselves before God, ridding ourselves by means of worship, the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our life, getting us rid of these things. These things that are a hindrance to spirituality, these things that hinder us from experiencing the presence of God in our life and from us walking with God. This walking with God is a term of of participating in the things of God. So before we conclude, ask yourself, are you really interested in participating in God's purposes. Here's the problem. If you ask what what form of of Christianity, and it's a false form, is most popular? Well, let me give you an example. There is a, a Christian network, and it's known for being very committed to and having people that preach the prosperity gospel. And that network dominates all the other networks most of them too relate to the prosperity gospel but but our ministry does not and what you find is people are interested in prosperity why prosperity is connected to the world now you probably all know of this this parable that messiah taught in the book of luke this parable of the unjust steward steward just an ancient word for manager and how he used unrighteous money for a kingdom purpose now many other languages when they translate it they they give an impression that that this one dealt with his life and did things unrighteously and that god is commending him for this unrighteousness god would never do that that's not what the text is saying the text is saying is that this steward used unrighteous money not money that was gained unrighteously but but money in itself belongs to this world and this is an unrighteous world that's why god's going to judge it and destroy it so money belongs to this world he used the things of this world but for a kingdom purpose that's always commendable so here what we see go to our last verse verse 9 where it says before the lord for he comes to judge the earth and we want to be ready for that day because prior to god judging the earth what is he going to do remove us those who belong to him 
And when you truly belong to him, you are going to be very different than the mindset of the world and those who belong to the world. So he comes and he's coming to judge the earth, to judge the, and we have a different word, world, tevil. So we have the word arts, ha'arts, meaning the earth in this context. Then we have a different word, tevil, which speaks about the world in the broadest sense, in the most inclusive sense. So he is going to judge the world, how? With righteousness. That word, righteous, is a kingdom-related word. How do I know that? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Righteousness, his standards of righteousness, is what the kingdom of God is going to relate to, to be, be, be put in order by that's going to be the rule of the kingdom and what the scripture is saying is he is going to judge the world with righteousness what is the instrument that that reveals righteousness to us the law that's why it says and from zion goes forth the law why because the law reveals to us the standards of god's righteousness and therefore he will judge the world in righteousness and peoples meaning in the plural not just people but peoples not the word am but amim and peoples he's going to do so how with uprightness and this is another synonym that describes the character of god so if you ask yourself well how would i know the character of god study his commandments his commandments reveal his expectations for us what does that mean his commandments reveal how god expects us to live what to do and what not to do all too often what happens is this we leave it to ourselves i'll I'll think about what's right and what's wrong you will be deceived don't think about what's right and wrong but encounter the word of god we can be more specific encounter the commandments of god that reveal to us what is righteous and that which is unrighteous we see when we look at the commandments we find that there are commandments to do and there's commandments don't do those ones that he says don't do these things because they're unrighteous do these things because they're righteous And all of this, when we apply it to our life properly, being led by the Holy Spirit, what does righteous living manifest? You should know the answer to that. Because we saw today. Go back to a previous verse. Look, if you would, to to, uh, uh, the Scripture where it says here, and I'm speaking about His righteousness. What does His righteousness reveal? Well, when we look at the Word of God properly, we find that his righteousness is going to manifest his glory. That's what the word of God reveals. So if you want, if you want glory to be an instrument that manifests God's glory, what are you going to do? You are going to behave righteously. Well, let's conclude. He says he will judge the world in righteousness and peoples because this is what's important to God, people. He will judge them with uprightness meaning those things which god establishes that which is upright that's which god establishes and when god is working edification in you what do you know 
when god is working edification in you he is standing you up he is building you up for something all of these things reveal his presence power perspective in the life of a believer and and how do we grow and mature into this one way of course we have to be a believer that's foundational but for the believer it's emphasizing worship so are you worshiping god for the right purposes are you going before god and saying to god god reveal to me those things that are displeasing most of the time what happens is this that we want these things out of our life but we have no success no victory in them why we try to do it ourselves we pray to god but yet we try to struggle and overcome these things you will fail every time what you need to do is start worshiping god and in the spirit of worship going through psalms as we have went through psalm 98 going through them for what purpose worshiping god and when you worship god in this manner utilizing his psalms you will find the holy spirit his anointing going to work in your life for what purpose for the purpose of maturing you growing you and that involves getting rid of those things that are in hindrance to the purposes of god that's one of the primary benefits of worshiping god we worship him and as we do so properly it is going to have a sanctifying influence in our life worship is a a key action that produces sanctification in the believer's life well i'll close with that until next time shalom from israel well we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. Shalom from Israel.